Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. You can learn to get comfortable with something. It just takes time and effort on your part. Here's Peter. He's like, whoa, 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 red flag. Hold on, God. Um, I'm looking at these animals and some of them, yeah, I can probably eat, but there's some of them I'm not supposed to eat because that's what you said. And God's like, nah, I changed the game. Can God do that? Well, it's his game. He can do whatever he wants. Just learn not to be so caught up in your ways. Learn to be a little bit more flexible. We often look at the world around us in black and white, right and wrong. But what about the gray areas? We've divided churches and congregations over disagreements that were settled in Bible times. How messed up is that? Pastor James reminds us today that, although God never changes, His methods and His rules, they might. This is why it's so important not to only spend time in the Bible, but to spend time with Jesus. There are things that only He can teach us, and we have to settle our minds with the rest. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Acts, chapter 10, with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. God has always been working like that, always. He's always been working. Even in, when Jesus, through the Gospels, there was a, a Roman centurion that showed up in Jesus' life. And he's like, listen, my servant's really sick. Can you pray for him? Can you heal him? You need to come and see him. Well, he even told him, he's like, you don't even have to come. He's like, I understand authority. All you have to do is say a word and he can be healed. And Jesus is like, I like you. I like you. You get it. None of these other knuckleheads get it. You get it. His servant was healed. So he's always been working with the Gentiles, but it's at this moment where the Lord is going to use the church to pursue the Gentiles. The age of the church has started, but he needs to get Peter in the right spot. He's already got Paul where he needs him to be, and he's preparing Paul for what happens next, because Paul will be the guy who goes after the Gentiles. He'll have the greatest impact on the Gentile world, but he's using Peter, who is kind of the leader of the church at this moment, He's preparing his heart for what has to happen. So this, the sheet comes down. There's all these animals in there. Get up, arise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter's response is, no, Lord, no, no. See, Peter doesn't always understand proper authority. Peter has an issue with telling Jesus no. It's not the first time in his life he's told Jesus no. It's not the first time in his life he's had a little bit of an argument with Jesus. It's not. This is Peter. And you can either look at that and be like, well, I can't believe that guy. Or you can be like me and think like, oh, man, I'm not the only one. Oh, praise God. Praise God, because I kind of find myself doing this at times, too, where I'm like, mm, but no, Lord, pass. Like, is there anybody else here? Like, what about Simon the Tanner? Like, he, this is what he does. He kills animals. Like, get him to do it. I don't kill animals. No, get that guy. He's comfortable with that. He'll kill them and cook them and all that stuff. I just like to buy them already prepared, right? Like, that's me and... Peter's like, no, Lord, I can't do that. He says, I've never eaten anything that our Jewish laws. Now, he will be, he's referencing Leviticus. And if you're going through the Bible, maybe you're in Leviticus. I've just journeyed into numbers. Lots of numbers. Um, it's like lots of numbers. Uh, but I just went through Leviticus, and you're reminded of Leviticus of all these regulations and stuff. And I mean, they all have their place. They all have their place. 
They wouldn't be there if they didn't have their place. But Peter's mind is going back to that. And he's like, oh, 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 hold on, God. Remember, you said we can't eat some of these animals. God's like, yeah, I know. Back then, rules had changed. Well, no, you can't do that. No, you're, you're messing with my understanding of how you work. And God's like, I know. That's what I do. I can do that. No, it's always supposed to be like this. We even fall into that trap nowadays. may not be Levitical law type stuff, but we get so comfortable with church and how we do things. It's like, no, 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 this is how we do things. You can't change anything. Why? Maybe God wants to change it. Well, I'm not comfortable with that. Well, okay. That's all right. You can learn to get comfortable. That's actually scientifically proven. You can learn to get comfortable with something. It just takes time and effort on your part. Here's Peter. He's like, whoa, 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 red flag. Hold on, God. Um, I'm looking at these animals, and some of them, yeah, I can probably eat, but there's some of them I'm not supposed to eat because that's what you said. And God's like, nah, I changed the game. Can God do that? Well, it's his game. He can do whatever he wants. Just learn not to be so caught up in your ways. Learn to be a little bit more flexible. Go with the flow, right? The flow. Just... Spirit, what are you leading today? What do you want me to do today? God, how do you want to use Calvary Galveston in Galveston during this season? That may look different during another season. We don't know. All we ever pray is that we don't become complacent because that's the danger of a church is that you get so familiar and comfortable with how things work that you become complacent and you're basically ineffective. Who cares if all the chairs are full if you're complacent? Who cares if it's packed out? if you're complacent and not doing anything? Who cares if you've been lulled into this slumber, so to speak, and you stop listening to the voice of God when he's saying, no, arise, kill, eat. Whoa, 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 God. No, no, no. We're going to have to have a board meeting about that, I guess. Um, That's not how we do things. And he's like, what? No, sometimes God will show up in our lives and he'll say, nope, this is how we're going to do it. And our response should always be, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And he is the king. We're not. So here's Peter. He's like, nope, not going to do it. Sorry. I can't, I can't do anything that's impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again. Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. That's kind of like a little, little bit of a rebuke, a little rebuttal there of like, Peter, um, I'm sorry, dude. But um, if I told you to get up and eat these animals, it's because I made them clean. So don't you call something that I made clean, unclean. There's a little bit of sharpness there, and it's deserving. It's deserving. And I love that, because God has every right to even speak into my heart and say, hey, James, hold on. Who do you think you are looking at that individual in that way or judging somebody in that way when you have no idea what my heart is towards that person? Wait, are you calling them unclean? Are you really going to call that person common? Well, maybe I don't see them as common. Maybe I don't want you to look at them as common. Maybe I'm doing something in their lives that you're totally unaware of, because this is not about food. This is about people. And Peter's going to learn that lesson real quick, because Peter might be saying no to the unclean animals, but the real issue in Peter's heart is saying no to the unclean people. That's the real heart of the matter in this story. And God is really quickly addressing that in Peter's life, saying, hey, don't you dare, because what you don't know 
I just sent an angel over to so-and-so's house, and he has prepared them for you to get up and to go and share the gospel with them. And you'll get to watch them. Maybe they are unclean, quote-unquote, but watch me clean them up. Got to watch that, especially within the church, especially in my own heart, in my own heart, being a Christian now for 20 years. I really have to be on guard about that stuff. I do. I just want to always, when it comes to people, I just, I really, and man, I do struggle with this at times, but I really just want, okay, Lord, help me to see them how you see them. Guys, I'm so, you know, quick to judge based on appearance or based on, on this or that, and I have no clue what God's doing in their lives, no clue, but I'm real quick to be like, oh, no, no that person, oh, this, and then that, and then this, and that, as if I know, as if I know. The whole time they could be just wrestling with God. You never know. So my encouragement to you guys, my encouragement to myself is continually just, Lord, help me to see them the way that you see them. Help me to see them the way that you do, regardless of who they are. We've seen our own nation struggle with this and fail miserably at this. It wasn't that long ago. You had racial discrimination in our country. Amazing brothers and sisters in the Lord who have done amazing things, not just for the kingdom, but for even our own country. And you think of, man, the stuff that individuals had to go through. Why? Because of the color of their skin? Seriously? And we've, we've seen that. And we've, as humans, we've always, always had this issue. It's not a new thing. It's always been there. I don't know what, what our deal is, but we really like to, like, section ourselves off from other people and other things. And, like, I can't go to them or I can't talk to those people or they're, no, because they're this and all it's like, that's, that's not part of the, the mission we're, we're on. The mission that we're on, if I'm interpreting it correctly from Matthew chapter 28, Jesus said, go and make disciples. Well, with, with just our guys, right? Like the Jews, right? He's like, no, 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 no. It may start there, but it goes all over. But what if they don't think like we think? What if we're red and they're blue? He's <gasps> like, it doesn't matter. They're people. They're people. And the, the biggest thing about that, I don't care what it is. I mean, our culture, our country is just steeped in just chaos right now, whether it's Democrats, Republican. I know I'm not a political person. I don't keep up really with any of that stuff. Or whether it's like sexual orientation and all that stuff. Our country doesn't even know how to think straight. It's a perfect time for the church to rise up and say, hey, can I just tell you about Jesus can I just tell you about this guy who is so amazing, who loves you regardless of where your stance is here or there. He came to die for you. He died on the cross for you, for your sins, for my sins. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that incredible? That's what God has done for us. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter currently where you stand on this aisle or that aisle. None of that matters. The only thing that matters is if you die without him, you're going to hell. That's all that matters. So I care enough about you. I love you to share the gospel with you, to point you to Jesus. And I'm not the person who gets to decide whether or not they deserve it. Whether I believe what they believe in or not, that's not up to us. We're the messengers. He's the king. He sends the message through us to share with everyone. That's how it works. It's about people. We all bleed the same color. We're all composed of the same structure, physiologically, bones and organs and all the stuff. 
There's no difference. We're people. The only difference is there's some people who have Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and their eternity with him is set and secure. And then there's others who don't know him. That's the difference. And we want that to change. The Lord's working on Peter's heart. I pray he would never stop working on my heart, continually work on my heart, change the way I think. If I get comfortable here, man, press me out into deeper waters. Take me out into deeper waters where I'm not comfortable because I want to grow. If you're not growing, then you're dead, right? That's life. So we always want to grow. We want these moments where the Lord shows up in our lives and says, okay, um, here's the plan for today. I'm going to press you out into deeper waters. I don't feel safe there. I know, but I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's go on a journey. Let's go on an adventure. Okay. This takes some convincing. Look at this. After this nice little rebuke, verse 16, it says, the same vision was repeated how many times? Three times. There's that number again. Hey, yeah. How many times did Peter deny Jesus? All three times. <laughs> how many times did Peter tell Jesus that, try to convince Jesus that he really loved him? All three times, <laughs> right? How many times did Jesus tell him to feed his lambs, feed his sheep? Three times. Peter's got an issue. He does. He's just like me. He don't just tell me something once. Okay, here's, here's, your, here's a heads up. If you want something to stick here for Pastor James, you're going to have to tell me multiple times, okay? Yeah, I know that's frustrating. I get it. I understand that. But if you really want it to stick in this brain, I mean, I'm just telling you right now, it's going to take multiple times. You're like, hey, I need you to do this. Can you pray about this? Hey, remember, I need you to pray about that. I will not be offended. I will not be, because I know me. I get it. I need all the help I can get, right? So I'm just giving you the heads up. All right. Three times this took place, and then the sheet was rolled up, pulled up back into heaven. Verse 17, Peter was very perplexed. What could the vision mean? Just then the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house. Standing outside the gate, they asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. Meanwhile, okay, as this is all happening at the same time. Here's Peter upstairs praying. Now that the, the blanket's gone, and he's like, what was that? He's got his prayer journal like, um, big tortilla, food, I don't know. Like, I'm supposed to eat animals? What, God, what are you trying to say to me? Oh, there's a knock at the door downstairs. He's perplexed. He's mulling it over, trying to figure out what's going on. At the same time, these guys show up to Simon's house, the tanner, and they're asking about Simon Peter. Meanwhile, verse 19, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, that means he's just, he's just thinking about it. He's mulling it over. He's, he's just replaying it through his mind. The Holy Spirit said to him, three, oh, there you go again, three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them, okay? Because the first thing you're going to do is you open that door and you see a Roman soldier, you're going you're gonna to start to worry. You're going to be like, there's two Gentiles and a Roman soldier. I think I might be in trouble. But the Holy Spirit's already told me, he's like, no, 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 it's cool. There's three guys. They're asking for you. What I want you to do is I want you to get up, and I want you to go and answer the door. I want you to go with them. Don't worry about it. I got your back. So Peter goes down, says, I'm the man you're looking for. Why have you come? And they said, we're sent here by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He is a devout and God-fearing man, well-respected by all the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house so that he can hear your message. Wow, that's a preacher's dream, right? He's like, like, yeah, we got this home church. 
We just need you to come up and just tell us what God told you. That's all we want. Can you just speak to us from the word what God is communicating? That's what they bring to him. So Peter invited the men to stay for the night. That's beautiful because he's bringing in Gentiles. He's actually housing. And what it says there is when he invites them in, that technically, literally means he is entertaining them. It's not just like, okay, cool. There's a hotel for Gentiles right down the road. You go stay there. And then in the morning, we'll rendezvous and we'll go together. He's like, no, okay, you guys come on in. He doesn't sneak them in, worried about what the neighbors are going to think. Peter's done with all that. He's done with all that nonsense. He's not playing any games. Now, please understand this. There's a moment in Peter's life, I don't know how, how far down the road, where Paul calls him out to his face. And you can find it in Galatians, where Paul says, listen, I stood up to Peter in his face and I called him out because you know what he was doing? He was hanging out with the Gentiles. And as soon as these well-to-do Jews showed up, he disassociated himself from these Gentiles and he only spent time with these Jews. And I called him out on it to his face. Peter doesn't get it right all the time. It's not about getting it right all the time. From this moment on, it's not like he was like this tremendous like lover of the Gentiles and that's all he hung out with or anything. He still wrestled with the same things that we wrestle with. There will be times where you find yourself in a situation where there's some people that you may not feel all that comfortable with because of who they are or what they believe or whatever. And, you know, until your friends show up, well, I'm going to hang out with these guys and I'll talk to them. But as soon as my friends show up, I'm done with those guys because I need to be over here because I'm afraid of what these guys might think about me when they see me with these guys. We all still wrestle with that. That's a temptation for all of us. You don't believe me. Well, here's what you can do. Go to a church function or something, go to a men's conference. Invite some guys who may be gay to a men's conference and see if that temptation happens to you. Where you're hanging out with people, it's like, well, I don't know if I'm supposed to. No, you are supposed to be hanging out with those guys because who's going to shine the light of Jesus in their lives? Well, we are. But there will be that temptation where it's like, I can be talking to these guys, but as soon as my Christian friends show up, I'm like, oh, man, I need to maybe go over here. No, 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 no. So, hey, you guys, I want you to meet these guys. I want you to meet these guys. That's a hot topic in our world today. And that's something that I'm very, I'm, I care very much so about. I do. I don't know why. I mean, I have friends who are gay. I have former students who are gay. And I love them to death. And I've met people who I don't know what it is, but the Lord will bring individuals into my life. And it's, I'll, you know what? I don't mind developing a friendship with them, so to speak. Absolutely, because I want to represent Jesus to these people that I don't, listen, I don't agree with. I don't. But there's still a person made in the image of God. Well, we don't throw them away just because, well, your beliefs and what you don't line up, who cares? You love on them. You're a missionary in this world. You don't get to pick and choose who you love on. You don't. You love everyone, period. Why? Well, because Jesus loved you, and that's enough. The argument's over, because Jesus loved you. So what does that look like? I don't know what that always looks like, but I, all I know is this. You treat people with dignity and respect, regardless of who they are, and you look for avenues and open doors to share the gospel with them.
I've had the opportunity to do that. Has it won people over to the Lord? I don't think so. I don't know, because I'm not around those, some of those individuals anymore. I had my one friend in Amarillo. He used to be involved in church and all that stuff. Then he was married, kids and all that stuff. And he's like, figured out one day he's gay. I don't know how that works, but that's what he felt comfortable enough to share that with. He knew I was a pastor. And I said, okay, well, he kind of was at that mindset of like, I'm going to tell you this, but I know this is going to scare you away and you'll probably never want to talk to me again because you're a Christian and you're a pastor in a church. And, and so he, he unloaded everything onto me. And I said, okay, well, I'm not going to run away from you. In fact, I'll keep coming back to the Starbucks so I run into you and we'll just keep talking. We did that. He ended up moving away and all that stuff. I don't know what seeds were planted. I, all I hope is that when he saw me and heard me speaking, that he saw Jesus and he heard Jesus because he knows the truth. He knows the truth. Sometimes you just got to put yourself out there, make yourself vulnerable. And we as believers, we just, can't, we just can't be in the mindset of caring what people think. You just can't. You can't. It's heaven and hell. Heaven and hell, that's what's at stake. It's souls. If you make that mistake, Peter made that mistake, but he owned up to it. He owned up to it. Did he ever make another mistake like that again? I don't know. We have no record of it, but I know this. He learned from it. He learned from it because we're all on a journey. We're learning. But this is an amazing thing that is happening in Peter's life where these Gentiles show up at Simon's house and he's like, you know what? You guys come on in. We just made some lunch. You are more than welcome to eat with us, which would defile them. You can come into our house and stay with us, which would defile them. And Peter's like, I'm done playing games. This is silly. This is nonsense. Because Peter knew in this moment, it's heaven and hell. That's what we're doing. Those are the stakes. I'm done playing games. I don't care. Certainly helps when the Lord is whispering into your ear like, hey, listen, it's okay. Invite them in. Okay, so here's the deal. Um, one of my heroes is Tim Keller. Tim Keller is a brilliant man. He uses words I don't know, and oftentimes they're in his books, and I'm like, what am I reading? What, I went to school, I think, uh, but then I don't know. Um, he's an awesome guy, and he loves the lost, loves the lost. If you ever get a chance to listen to some of his teachings or his podcasts, please do so, uh, because he shares these stories where individuals from his church will open up their houses to people that aren't on the same page with them. And a lot of them are from the gay community. The best witness, the best witness for those guys. You open up your house, invite them to your dinner table, get to know them, break bread with them, understand where they're at, understand what's going on in their lives, how you can pray for them. Gone are the days of worrying about what people think about us. Gone are those days. If that's maybe a group that you have a heart for, you want an in into their lives, bring them into your house. Bring them to your dinner table. That's how you do that. He shares all these stories about that and how the Lord was using some of those moments. And these individuals are being saved. And this transformation happens in their lives. And it's just the most beautiful thing ever. But it only happens when Christians make themselves vulnerable and say, you know what? Why don't you come to my house? I would invite you to church, but you know what? Better than that, come to my house. I'll make you some food. That's what we got to do.
That's all we have time for today on Bread for the Broken. We're so glad that you joined us as Pastor James Grizzle teaches through the book of Acts. If you'd like to hear today's teaching again or listen to more verse-by-verse teachings from Pastor James, visit breadforthebroken.com and click on the Teachings tab. While you're visiting breadforthebroken.com, you'll also be able to learn more about the church behind the ministry of Bread for the Broken. At Calvary Galveston, we strive to love and live as Jesus did. We're just ordinary people discovering extraordinary truths from the Bible together. As we continue to journey through the book of Acts, our prayer is that your faith is inspired to move, that when you read about the early church, you rediscover the purpose that God has for your life. You might think you're just ordinary, but God sees you deeper and He knows that you're more than that. Being obedient to the calling that God has on your life might not always make sense, but God blesses those who are faithful to answer His call. And you never know what incredible things God has in store when you freely say, Yes, Lord. If you're ever in the Galveston area, we would love to have you come visit. Or if you're looking for a new church home, you're always welcome. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. to start the week out right with worship. Our atmosphere is pretty relaxed, so feel free to come just as you are. Find out more and plan your visit by going to our website, breadforthebroken.com. As you go throughout the rest of your day, may you find hope and new life in Jesus.